You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert, Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, I'm your host, Ray Moda, and welcome to another edition of the Deep Edge Podcast. We're going to do a variety of series with Red Hat, where we're going to talk about three different components in different episodes. We're going to talk about some use cases and go deep into what the architectures are. We're going to talk about some economic analysis and what some of the outcomes are related to some of those use cases. And lastly, we're going to have executive level discussions where we'll talk to different leaders within the regions and address what's going on from some of the key trends and drivers in that area. So kicking it off initially, what we'll start with is the APAC region. One of the things about the APAC region is that it's a very challenging geographically market and it requires a lot of skills to address all the different language sets across the world. And I'm very excited because joining us today is someone that I know for a while that's out of Singapore and it's Ben Panic. Ben is Senior Director for Telco Sales for Verticals at Red Hat. Ben, thanks for being the first executive to join this podcast. Hey, Ray. Good afternoon. Yeah, look, I tell you, it's, um, it's a wet morning here in Singapore. I don't know if you can hear, but we have uh, pouring rain here. It's been a wet week so far, and it, uh, it continues to be. But things are good, working with lots of customers and uh, probably like yourself, having more meetings remotely than we did when we were able to be face-to-face or in the office. I know. I was just telling people that I always used to have that excuse. Hey, listen, I'm on a plane, so too bad, right? I can't use that excuse anymore. So, No, I think that's the interesting point to, um, to what we're going through in this global pandemic. We've, you know, we've talked about remote working for so long, and you know, some of us do it by default because of the jobs that we have and the roles that we're in. However, on a global scale, it's been a real proof point that people can be productive when they work remotely. You know, we have the systems and the processes and, you know, the security in place to be able to operate from wherever we need to be as long as we have a decent internet connection. You know, I think back to 20 years ago, I was having a conversation with a colleague the other day. You know, 20 years ago, we were trying to do some remote email via, you know, infrared on a Palm Pilot and a mobile phone. You know, it was... um, it was laughable at best and a bit of a gimmick, but now we have everything from connectivity through to the right technology to be able to enable it. And I, we've been able to be really productive. It's been probably too productive. You know, it's, we need to schedule more downtime um, rather than the 14 and 16 hour days that we sort of end up having in the roles that we're in. Yeah, no, it's true. I was talking to some different leaders in different regions and they actually gave me some advice because uh, I didn't schedule any downtime. And as you know, certain meetings, you need some prep time. And they were telling me how they have to put some prep time in their schedule. So maybe, Ben, what we can do is um, maybe what I like to do is maybe have a discussion, right, about your region. And 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 one of the things I mentioned earlier, uh, as I did the intro to this, is that it's the challenging geographic locations and all the languages um, within all the different countries you cover. But you mentioned something interesting was the global pandemic. What do you see as some of the top challenges for telcos, you know, during this uh, crazy times we're going through? Well, out here in APAC, everyone initially 
you know, was looking at the network, um, and I know the operators had to go back and analyze the network and the, the data that was being sent through the networks and, you know, kind of replan for that very quickly. And, you know, the operators do a lot of forward planning and a lot of projections. So, you know, everyone was in a good position and able to, to scale their networks up to deal with it. You know, if you look at countries like India as an example, you know, they saw a huge explosion. They had full lockdown because of the pandemic and they had a really large data explosion. And, you know, the data explosion is coming from different geographies. So one of the challenges that operators went through is how do they quickly deal with the backhaul requirements, you know, in this increase in, uh, in data usage? And it took a couple of weeks, but with a lot of hard work, they got through that. And now they're able to pivot back and focus on you know, what are they doing moving forward in respect to some of the technologies that they were investigating and trialing before, things like 5G, Edge, and the cloudification of their networks. And, you know, we see similar trends across the whole of APAC, whether it's, you know, customers in New Zealand or Japan or India or here in Southeast Asia. You know, I'm based in Singapore. Um, everyone is spending a considerable amount of time looking at 5G mm-hmm. and how they're going to operate 5G, how they're going to make the investment case stack up. So there's you know, lots of interesting things going on with clients and tying all of that together is you know, a huge amount of work around the automation side. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more of that um, with the pandemic. You know, how do they automate tasks that customers would normally have done in a semi-manual way whilst they were office bound? Yeah, no, it's interesting because um, I, I tell people I did a previous podcast on segment routing, right? And and it, it's it was interesting because some of the discussions were about you know how to automate certain process because they can't do so. It kind of has become the new norm. And one of the things you mentioned is about five G and, and some of this technology, right? Because the changing in traffic flow. I mean, what are some of the evolving? telco network infrastructure. I mean, you mentioned 5G. Is anything, I don't want to put words in your mouth, edge, cloud native. I mean, any suggestions or ideas of what you see as some of the top technologies that people are focusing on there? Well, customers are looking at it from the core all the way through to the edge Mm -hmm. and even out to the far edge with VRAM. Um, And this has been a genesis of you know NFV. I think we've been transforming our core networks and virtualizing the networks you know since 2013, right back mm-hmm. at the kickoff of NFV. And 5G takes us to the next step, which is the cloudification of those networks. So customers are looking at the core and they start in the core first of all. But I think the interesting thing as we look at this and as you know we evolve with 5G, there's the, the use cases that the product teams are looking at. And of course everyone is looking for, you know, the holy grail of what's going to make the business case stand up and what's going to be the next big thing in terms of, you know, the enterprise or consumer or government use case. But on the technology side, what we are seeing more and more of is customers recognizing that you know, the, the vertical silo stack that they had before where they might have had a number of different virtualized um, scenarios inside of their core, that doesn't lend itself to expanding into the edge. The customers now are sitting back and saying, right, we actually need an open telco cloud. We need a horizontal network that can span core to edge and far edge. And 
that work, you know, we're seeing being executed on with customers like Vodafone Idea um, in India, right? They're building a huge, fully horizontal cloud that spans their IT workloads, their network workloads, and any of their enterprise ones. You know? So it's, uh, it's really exciting to work with the customers. We're seeing the same thing in Rakuten, right, with the world's first fully cloud-native network. They're really pushing the boundaries of brute force automation and the technologies and trying to drive the whole industry forward. So I'm excited, as Red Hat is, is to be a part of that. Yeah, it's good to be part of that that evolution as we go through this. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier was like automation. Do you kind of do you foresee the telcos changing how they they manage their networks for the next two to five years? That's a really interesting question. I think they have to, mm-hmm. um, and I think the operationalization of our networks, how we manage them, and even how we architect them needs to be adaptive you know we need to rethink these things and think back 25 years and more we've always architected around five nines from the bottom up right so we've always built so much resiliency into our networks and that's what many people you know outside of telco just don't understand we provide lifeline services so the network has to be extremely resilient and reliable but as we move towards the cloudification of the networks we need to think about the applications and how does the application drive the resiliency? The underlying network is there, but how do we how do we utilize the smarts inside the application to hand off to other workloads in other applications to be able to deliver that resiliency? And I think that is going to require some reskilling and retraining. There's a big opportunity that a lot of service providers look at now to say, hey, we do need to actually spend time and build a program to recertify our engineers and to get them up to speed and to think about how do we architect and operationalize the networks and how do we manage them on a day-to-day basis you know if you listen to Tarak over at Rakuten he talks a lot about that you know that that they're not really a telco but they're a cloud organization and they're they're coming at it from a different angle and I think looking at the management through a different lens is really helpful because it enables us to see some of the gaps that might exist and then put in place training programs and learning paths to reskill our people and enable them so they can manage the networks. Right. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, one thing maybe to add is, is maybe this is a two part type discussion is because you mentioned, um, you know, 5G and the technologies associated with it. But, but what are the opportunities um, that are driving telcos to adapt 5G technology? And even more important, from my point of view, in your region, do you feel that they'll be able to create and build profitable, you know, 5G services? Well, that's the holy grail. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's making the mad rush towards 5G and we have to get there. We have to get there because the consumers are driving it, but the consumers today are not going to deliver you know, the business case that the operators are going to need to make this stand up. If you think back from 3G to 4G and that transition there, we as consumers received fantastic level of new service, right? We didn't pay any more money for it. Um, I think as we move towards 5G, it's those enterprise use cases, whether it's around you know, private wireless or mining or manufacturing, 
Um, there's so many different use cases that are being thrown around, right? I've seen ones with um, agriculture and autonomous drones. Um, probably the killer use case hasn't even been identified yet. And that's the really exciting thing for me in the industry as we move towards 5G, because I think now the operators have an opportunity to monetize not only their investment, but also the network and the analytics and the data that is inside of the network. And I don't think that that was necessarily tapped into or the opportunity was there to tap into it when we made that transition from 3G to 4G, right? That transition drove a consumer benefit. It didn't necessarily drive a large enterprise benefit. So I think for me, the operators that, you know, have in place really good product management teams with some industry speciality, they're going to be able to leverage the ecosystem. And when you have an open horizontal platform, you can leverage the ecosystem. You can onboard and bring in new applications in your network to service different industry verticals. And for me, that's really exciting, whether it's smart cities or IoT or manufacturing or mining or you know autonomous cars, whatever it might be, or the ones that we don't know about, right? Those killer use cases that we don't know about they're the interesting ones moving forward. And you have to build that open telco platform to give yourself the opportunity to then drive those new use cases. You know, you, we're, what we're looking for ultimately is to move the share of wallet around. If you go back to, you know, probably yourself, Ray, I know I was like this, you know, you used to have a pay TV subscription, right? I don't have a pay TV subscription anymore. So my share of wallet has moved as a consumer it's moved to the online streaming giants. And I think what we're all more accustomed to now is paying for a quality of service where that wasn't the case back in the 3G and 2G days, right? Now, data is so important to us that we're willing to pay for it, right? We're data hungry, our consumption of video just continues to increase exponentially. So from a consumer perspective, there's opportunities there. From an enterprise perspective, I think that's the really exciting part. You know, I saw, uh, some telemedicine the other day out of Australia, um, and Australia is a huge country, and with everyone in lockdown now, they were doing analysis of ultrasounds for pregnant ladies remotely, and you know they were leveraging the technology to do that, and that only gets better as we're able to deliver 5G technology and increase our speed and throughput. Yeah, no, I think some of these use cases, and I think that's the why they have to move forward, right? Because they need to have the infrastructure as they see some of these use cases evolving to be ready to move. Now, I would be remiss if I have a conversation with a Red Hat executive without asking him about container technology. Uh, uh, have most telcos in your region started evaluating uh, container technologies at all, or is that still far away? No, absolutely. I mean, we have, I would say the majority of our customers are already utilizing container technology, right? So they've been utilizing container technology for quite a while on the IT side of their landscape. And now we see them make that transition into looking at containers and how they're going to re-architect as they move to full 5G cloud native cores. So containerized um, network functions, and the core are right at the top of the list of all of our customers today. And we see them you know, moving into trial and production, obviously led probably by Rakuten in Japan. I would say they'd be the leading um, proponent of it in our region and really closely followed by many customers. So there is definitely the recognition that as they move towards 5G cores, 
containers are going to be very critical to that. And they're leveraging off some of the key learnings and the knowledge that they already have inside their IT domain. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. Maybe um, I'll close with by maybe asking you a, a high level question since we are talking in to Red Hat. I mean, how is Red Hat helping the APAC region and, and helping some of these telcos, right? Increase profitability at some of these services because we talked about it in general, but how's Red Hat helping in that journey there? So one of the ways that Red Hat is helping in that journey, and I, I touched on this a little bit earlier on, is around the open horizontal telco cloud. So we see that customers are going to have to make investments in their technology from core all the way through to edge. And the guidance that we're giving our customers is you want to be able to have flexibility and you want to be able to innovate for their customers, be it consumer enterprise or government. And the only way you're going to be able to innovate and continue to drive the industry forward and your customers forward is by having a platform that's flexible. So utilizing Red Hat technologies like OpenStack and OpenShift and RHEL to build those common platforms enables you to tap into the vast ecosystem of partners that Red Hat has available and then build products and services that you can take to market that will drive your profitability. You know, if you think about the edge, you're not going to be able to run an edge network with three independent vertical siloed clouds. You just can't do that, right? It's not economically viable. So the work that we're doing with our customers is to build those open horizontal telco clouds, lower the cost per bit and drive profitability for them. Key to all of that is just that flexibility and innovation. I think that's really what open source delivers. No vendor lock-in, being able to provide a huge number of partners on the application side where customers can then build specific industry solutions. And for me, that's probably the exciting part of all of this is customers moving away from the one-size-fits-all application for businesses and being able to tailor and drive specific applications, whether it be for education or hospitality or healthcare, right? they can laser in and build apps that suit their customers and that's going to increase their profitability and also give them an opportunity to get ahead of the competition. Really exciting time for our customers as we move forward. Yeah, no, it seems like you're excited. Actually, I'll press this button here from our fans here. There, give you a hand there. So thanks for being uh, the first executive from Red Hat to join the Deep Edge podcast. Hopefully the rain stops and you keep yourself dry and and tell me that you're going to agree to join us again in the future for another podcast. Yeah, I'd love to, Ray. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, be more than happy to talk to you again moving forward. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.